2: Bring in show music, please. This
3: is Squawk Pod, the daily podcast brought to you by the team behind Squawk Box.
1: NYC, this is CNBC Control
3: 2. CNBC's essential morning show. He's here, too. Every day, get the best stories, debate, and analysis from the biggest names in business and politics. All
1: right, we're coming to it next.
3: Today on Squawk Pod. President Trump says a trade deal with China, it could wait. The China
4: trade deal is dependent on one thing. Do I want to make it?
3: An Elon Musk tweet lands the Tesla CEO in court. Yale's Jeff Sonnenfeld weighs in.
4: We have boards that seem unable to direct genius founders. How does a board rein in these Twitter tantrums?
3: And the crisis hitting campus inside higher ed's high stakes to staying in business.
5: Students with a lot of money available to them often tend to demand from a school some expensive things. That's why we see water parks in some colleges.
3: Those stories and more Cyber Monday, Latin lessons, and a tariff on champagne? I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. It's Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019. Squawk Pod begins right now.
1: Snap that goodbye in three, two, one. Wipe it.
6: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We are live from the Nasdaq market site in Times Square. We can, live. Give, it more. We
7: can give it more than that.
6: We are live, live. From, the, live. Yeah, from the Nasdaq in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick along with Joe Kernan. Andrew is out today, but we've got Tom Farley filling in. He is the CEO of Farpoint Acquisition Group, former president of the NYSE and, of course, a uh, CNBC contributor. And, Tom, it's great to have you back.
3: Good again. morning. Sorry. Great to be here. Mm-hmm. First up today on the podcast, President Trump says it might be better to wait until after the 2020 election for a trade deal with China. In London, where he's traveled for celebrations marking NATO's 70th anniversary, the president told reporters early Tuesday morning there is no deadline for a deal to end the tit-for-tat tariff war between Beijing and Washington. The next tariff deadline is just around the corner, December 15th, and if the two sides have no deal by then, additional U.S. levies on Chinese exports go into effect.
7: I guess we have the soundbite. Let's get to uh, Willem, President Trump's China trade comments, uh, moving the futures. Let's get to Willem,
1: uh, Mark, in London. Willem. Yeah, Joe, so the president arrived here late last night, stayed at the U.S. ambassador's residence, and this morning there he met with the Secretary General of NATO, Jen Stoltenberg. Ahead of their breakfast, he gave some public comments, including on China, saying he wants to wait until the deal is right. Take a listen.
4: The China trade deal is dependent on one thing. Do I want to make it? I have no deadline, no. In some ways, I think it's better to wait till after the election. You want to know the truth? I think in some ways it's better to wait till after the election with China. But I'm not going to say that. I just think that. I just tell you.
1: So, you know, we've had discussions over the last couple of months about a phase one or preliminary trade deal. Clearly, we're expecting tariffs to kick up on the 15th of December. if That preliminary trade deal is not concluded. And based on what the president is saying this morning, it doesn't sound like he's in much of a rush, guys.
7: Uh, It's an old technique. Cicero. Cicero. I'm not going to, in some way, I'm not going to say it. But in some ways, it might be. I'm I'm not going to point out you know nothing. But uh, in some way, right? Uh, you, You can say it without saying it, and that's what he just did. I think. I don't know. He's, it's not that different than what, what he said all along, Willem, but we go back and forth. It was interesting, the, the take from the New York Times versus the uh, the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal just plays it straight. T- Trump uh, to levy tariffs on uh, Brazil, Argentina. The, the Times, you know, they'd never editorialize on the front page. Trump's adding South Americans to his trade war. So no president, no, just adding, you know, this clown in the White House, adding... Uh, but anyway, uh, just different ways of, of saying the same thing. But I guess, how many continents do we have now? We've got Asia,
1: Europe, Europe.
6: South, South America. South America. Not Australia yet.
1: Canada's part uh, of it. We took, we took North a few America. shots at Australia. We, we let them know.
7: Well, these yeah. people better get their act together. They want
1: to trade with the superpower, okay? I so agree with them, though. In some ways, in some it, is ways better, it is better to wait, to wait after to the deal. election because there is this question of is somebody more China-friendly well, going to be in the White House? Well,
6: more, per, particularly if you, the Chinese are not being cooperative, which is what it sounded like sure. for the last couple of weeks. If they have kind of taken more of a hardline stance and are not going to agree to anything, okay, if you're going to have a super skinny deal that basically says nothing other than we will not put more additional tariffs on you, then maybe it's better to wait.
7: Hmm. I just wish we really, really knew where the pain is uh, is is being felt because we have both sides presented on a daily
1: basis. Like this is no issue for China; they can just go on. That's what I mean. You've heard the you've heard the other side, though. I I just don't buy it. I don't believe it. I think she's under significant pressure. Hong Kong, the tariffs, declining economy. We forget that, you know.
7: Our per capita GDP is like sixty thousand dollars. China's up and coming, but it's still like ten thousand dollars. They got a long way to go before they their people have the same quality of life. And they, they are they can't, under, can't come fast enough. She's for He's under that.
6: pressure from the several different constituencies. He's under pressure for what happens to them economically, but then he's also facing the hardliners Think who ab- do not want him to come up with a deal.
7: Uh, and he's facing Hong Kong. And, and he's, he's facing break. you know somehow navigating a really a. a, a a country that someday has
1: to become, in terms of human rights, it has to come out of the the darkness. And someday has to become, the economy has to become consumer-led and devaluing exactly. the currency is in a way to become consumer-led. And truly market. Do, do you hopefully. think it's possible that the president made that comment today? Right, he didn't say it, he just thought it. Uh, right, um, right, As we just heard. It's as as right. a trial balloon. It was one
7: of those cartoons, it was one of those bubbles above his head. I'm thinking, wait. Till after but do you think
1: election. it was a trial balloon to see how the market would react to help him decide whether or not to cut a lesser deal by December fifteenth. I, I think it's more China knowing,
7: hanging on. You know, I think it's more massaging them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, softening them up, and okay. saying, "Look, you don't want to do it, then you can we wait don't have till because isn't the election in November? So I don't, does China want to wait another year with with exports where they are? And, and
6: what the markets want to know is, are there going to be additional tariffs that are put on in less the
1: than two weeks time? That's a, that is that's, a huge question.
6: Does that come or not? And You know, originally, China was not only asking for those tariffs to not be added, but to unroll the tariffs that are already existing. I think it's probably pretty clear that without a deal, there's no way those tariffs are getting pulled back. But if the additional uh, tranche of tariffs come, that, that could be significant for economies here and there. Cyber Monday sales are expected to have hit a record $9.2 billion. That's up nearly 17% from a year ago. That's according to new data from Adobe
8: Analytics. Courtney Reagan joins us right now. She's got more on that front. And Courtney, you're back. It's good to see I'm you. I'm back. Here we are. Cyber Monday is now officially behind us, but really just a couple hours ago, Becky. And like you pointed out, that number actually a bit below the initial expectations for Cyber Monday for this full results, but still a record. As expected, those peak hours were pretty late, around 11 p.m. Eastern time. A third of the sales were done on mobile devices on Cyber Monday. Some of the top sellers include Frozen 2 toys, LOL surprise dolls, Nerf products, Madden 20, Nintendo Switch, Jedi Fallen Order, Samsung TVs, Fire TV, AirPods, and air fryers, got to figure out how to use one of those. Cyber Monday was once again Amazon's biggest ever day worldwide. That seems to be the stat they give us every year. This time they did tell us more than 25 million items were ordered on Black Friday and Cyber Monday combined. The two days, the biggest ever for toys on Amazon too. Amazon says Cyber Monday was the biggest day ever for fashion on the site. We know apparel has been a big push for the retailer. Amazon sold millions more devices this year. Best sellers, again, include the Echo Dot and that Fire TV stick. Interesting, though, Adobe also said on Black Friday states that recorded more than two inches of snow (laughs) saw a 7% increase in online sales. And I think that's interesting because when I've asked about whether snow helps online sales in the past, at least on non-holiday shopping days anyway, there really hasn't been a discernible difference. But I guess if it's Black Friday and you're going to shop anyways and it's snowing, then you will move online but typically that doesn't happen. I went to
6: the mall yesterday to actually buy things because I figured it'd be a great day. It was snowing. Nobody was there. Yeah. It was the easiest way to move around. It's probably the easiest it's going to be for the rest of the holidays. Yeah, so. that's
8: a really good point. I mean, retailers want it cold, but they want it dry. They right. don't want it raining. They don't want it slushy, and they don't really want snow because it does deter people from going out, but we haven't always seen those sales translate online, interestingly enough. I've looked into that. Uh-huh. When you have big snow days in New York, do then people shift, shift online and it hasn't happened. Sometimes they internally. just lose the sales. Exactly. Yeah. They just lose the sales. But it did seem to happen, at least on Black Friday. I'm kind of feeling that I've been conditioned to think
6: I'm going to get these deals all the way yeah. through the rest of the holiday season. Is that, is that right or did I miss my opportunity?
8: You know, I think every retailer gives themselves a little bit of leeway. And we've asked a lot of them about that going into this fourth quarter and where their inventory levels are and really high, how, right? much room, how much room they've given themselves sort of in their earnings guidance to, to discount those prices to respond to the competitive atmosphere. And almost all the retailers say, "Look, we always give ourselves a little bit of room." Um, but there are, I actually think the notories are looking better this year hmm. than in years past. And remember, we have a shortened season, so I know I think that's, we what, all that's need why. That's why I feel like they'll careful. get desperate.
6: They, they're going to have to unload this stuff at some they point. They might,
8: but then again, I only have three gifts, and it's December third, so I also feel kind of crunched. I, I feel nervous about waiting. I guess is is my way of looking. Joe at has that. no idea what you're talking about. He Re- never buys a single Re- present. <laughs> right. right, that's wow. a lot for him. I've
7: thought about, at some point, thinking about. The gifts. Um, that's good. Free.
8: I'm glad Santa does all that work for you. Santa exactly. does a lucky, lot, lucky uh, A
7: <laughs> lot of work. Couple of corporate headlines for you. Steelmaker AK Steel is being bought by mining company Cleveland Cliffs in a stock swap deal. AK Steel shareholders will receive 0. .4 uh, Cleveland Cliffs shares for every share they now hold. U.S. gene therapy company adentes Therapeutics agreed to a takeover by uh, Japan's Estellus Pharma for about $3 billion in cash. The deal's worth $60 per share, more than double yesterday's close for Odentis. And Do you know, what, do you know huh? the
1: Latin root of Audentus? Uh,
7: I, I took four years of Latin in case I ever moved to Latinia, um, which <laughs> they, they, that was supposedly going to prepare me to speak any language. And uh, you know what I remember? Agricola, agricoli. Porto, portavi, portatus. That's e about it. four mm-hmm. years. That's four about years. it. I but thought maybe you could do Quid pro what quo. Quid pro quo, minutes. but now I use the word bribery because it polls better.
6: By the way, a dentist is a Latin word. It, or it's, it comes from a Latin word, audens, which means daring, venturing, risking, or being eager for battle.
1: Now we know. So there, there we have
6: it. Yeah, you were right.
7: I don't think I ever, uh, yeah, that may have not crossed your. No, yeah. I mean, our portos carry. Agricola as a farmer. Um, that's about it. Unfortunately. No, there's some legal terms, I guess, right? Quick profile. <laughs> I know right. another one. A lot of our segments go on ad nauseum. Um, I think that's. All
6: right, fine. let's end this one.
7: Farley, do you know what, why you slap a punitive duty on something? You know why you slap it? Why it's always a slap? Do you know why it's a slap? Yes. I'll tell you yeah. why it's a
1: slap. You do. Well, I, no, I just infer from the word that it's you're angry why at somebody would, nope, and there's. Nope, 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 nope. When the stuff used oh, to be coming the in, they would
7: actually the slap oh, yeah. the, the duty. piece of paper. Right there. The, well, not that. Yeah. What'd you say? Do, duty, do, duty, <laughs> bangles, bangles. Are, the Trump administration, <laughs> right there, said it may slap. You could say levy, you could. Okay, but slap nearly is so exact, much. Uh, no, slap. They're slapping because these are punitive duties of up to a hundred percent on two point four billion dollars of imports of. French champagne, among other things, handbags, uh, cheese, <laughs> target France, champagne and cheese, right? Uh, and other products. The move is a response to France's new 3% digital services tax on companies with more than 27 million in French revenue. The U.S. Trade Rep's office says its investigation found that uh, the French tax was unusually burdensome for U.S. companies, including Google, Facebook, Apple, and Amazon. Here's President Trump speaking about two hours ago at the NATO summit in London.
4: Emmanuel had an idea. Let's tax those companies. Well, they're American companies. I'm not going to let people take advantage of American companies, because if anyone's going to take advantage of the American companies, it's going to be us. It's not going to be France.
7: <laughs> Shares of several French luxury goods stocks fell on the news. He's very blunt. Well,
6: he right? even said he doesn't like a lot of these companies. Right. He's talking about protecting Amazon and others. But right. he even said while he was doing it, I don't even like some of these companies.
1: like likes Apple. I think he kind of likes Facebook. You said champagne, but not—I didn't hear you say. Impenetrable.
7: No burgundy. I didn't Cordon see that. Oh. No, is that your thing? Yeah. Is yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. It's delicious. But there,
1: there were there were already uh, tariffs that had been, on, yeah. on, that had on been wine. slapped. I wonder if, that, I no. wonder if there's an additional no. slapping going on. I drink that once in a
7: while. I, I'm in a—you know my life now. Finger up, Chardonnay. You're mostly so,
6: white. I was going to say mostly I know. white wine. It's
7: pathetic. Uh, anyway, that's where that's where I am. Beer, right? It's
1: just. Too much volume. This will it's, be interesting because it's a big, it's a big export market. Yeah, for, for France. Yeah. So you, you. I wonder if they might reconsider. You're the big the digital tech.
7: You're like the Grasso fat cat uh, NYSE guy. So you got like the $800 red wine. Is
1: that your thing? No, no. I'm a simpleton. I'm from Bowie, Maryland. Oh, son, that, of that, a, well, son of a. Sort of a government. You were employee. the president. My was, of New- my you was don't a Catholic go. Nun for five wait years. a second. You don't go she to was? one of these. Yeah, my mother was uh, a. Really? a Ca- yeah, Catholic nun for five years. She left the night before her final vows. She yeah. lived wow. in a cloister. Wait a second.
6: Because yeah. she met your dad?
1: Uh, ostensibly, no. As the story goes, <laughs> they met after she left the convent. Oh, that but, sounds, uh, like, that sounds like a little
7: re- revisionist history there, perhaps.
1: My, your my, dad wasn't a priest. My father had just lost his leg fighting in Vietnam. He was in the hospital. Oh, my God. Hospital. She let, leaves the convent. She's at home Oh. in, in, in a spare bedroom. She'd, she had lost all her friends, and my grandmother set the two up. And, uh, Do you want to lay down and on a couch? And while they while you're. That's and a they got, great story. It is. You know, they got
7: married. But while you're t- shortly, I can't believe up. you're. You're letting us know all this. That's really nice. Yeah. I had no idea.
1: So no, I wasn't drinking. Uh, all right, you know, no, but Bernie you were. No, yeah, you were. No. You're
7: the NYSE president. You're going to those fat, all, all those leather chairs with the, the things uh, that along the side. Yeah, you were. No. The, the, no. Uh, my mother was a nun for a while. Is that
6: right? No. I was adopted, so
7: I was in an orphanage where basically the nuns were my.
1: Okay. Were my so we, we learned, schooled from the catechism. And
7: my uncle was a priest. But anyway,
1: we, My uh, uncle as well. My your uncle, uncle was. was a priest too? Yeah, Thomas Wells. My name is Thomas Wells Farley. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, good.
9: I we like this sheriff. This
1: though. is really, um, but
7: I'm, I don't know why I'm getting a little teary, but we're really opening up here. <laughs> next time we're going to couch out here for you. Uh, you're okay with all this? I mean, what's,
1: no, what's the next block? <laughs>
7: Cheese will be next.
3: Next on Squawk Pod, Elon Musk's Twitter talk that's putting him on trial.
7: You remember the Nixon tapes that we had epithet deleted?
4: Why do we know everything that everyone's thinking? Why do they put it on Twitter? This is one guy who really should have hired Rosemary Woods to delete some things for him.
3: What's on the horizon for financial markets? We're back. This is Squawk Box.
7: Good morning and welcome back. Uh,
6: <laughs> <laughs> Every compliment comes. Welcome with
7: back it. to Squawk Box here on CBC, live from the Nasdaq Market Site in Times Square. You're a natural. Uh, I'm Joe Kernel, along with Becky Quick, Tom Farley's in. Andrew's off today, and Tom Farley playing Andrew Ross. Yeah, playing. Today. Today. Yeah. Hi, we more, uh, yeah. I'm doing my best. You're right there. You're just. Uh, uh, we need that uh, that component, that the the whole yin and yang thing. And, Becky's sitting,
3: moderating. Anyway. Uh...
6: Somebody sent me a referee hat, no joke. They
3: did. mailed it to the office. It's been more than a year since the world watched a group of boys rescued from a flooded cave in Thailand. Now, something that Tesla CEO Elon Musk said during that crisis in July 2018 is landing him in a California courtroom set to begin trial today. Jane
6: Wells is in California as well. She joins us with more on what to expect. Hi, Jane.
10: Hi, Becky. Yeah, we're heading down to federal court shortly. Musk could be on the stand potentially as early as this afternoon in what is expected to be a fiery trial, pitting the richest men in Los Angeles against a British cave expert. Now, did Elon Musk imply Vernon Unsworth was a pedophile? And did he take, quote, reasonable care to determine whether that was true before he said it? Jury's going to have to decide that. This all goes back over a year when Musk SpaceX sent a mini-sub to help rescue those uh, 12 Thai boys and their soccer coach in a cave. It ended up not being used. Unsworth was there, called the sub a PR stunt, saying Musk could, quote, stick his submarine where it hurts. Well, Musk then went to Twitter, saying he never saw Unsworth on scene in Thailand, and then tweeted this: "Sorry, pedo guy, you really did ask for it." Followed by another tweet: "Betcha a signed dollar, it's true." Now, Musk later deleted the pedo guy tweet and apologized, but doubled down in a series of emails to Buzzfeed, suggesting Unsworth was a child rapist. Now, Unsworth is sued for defamation. He actually wants to use those Buzzfeed emails. As evidence of Musk's state of mind, that Musk wasn't joking around when he said pedo guy. Musk has said pedo guy is shorthand in South Africa for a creepy old man, not a pedophile. Unsworth is seeking compensatory damages of at least $75,000. That's it, meaning this trial in a U.S. federal courthouse is going to probably cost more than the damages. He's also seeking punitive damages, which are meant to punish wrongdoing and he has asked, he's pushing for Musk's financial records to see how rich he really is. Musk says that is unnecessary. It's clear he's worth over a billion dollars. Is he worth $24 billion? We don't know. We'll see if they get anywhere with getting those financial records, which always fascinates me. Mediation went nowhere. No settlement so far. And at 9 a.m. Pacific, the trial starts. Um, Guys.
7: Jane, that's, uh, that's quite a dance. Um, it's... Pedo from the ancient Greek is child, so uh, you know creepy old man in South that's BS. You know pe- we know the derivation of that word means child. Uh, so. Your Honor,
10: uh, Your Honor, I would like to admit, dis- to dismiss juror number twelve.
7: Yeah, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, so I'm out. Uh, no, but yeah,
10: South Africa. What did he say? Where is it supposedly means South creepy old man? South Africa, where from? he's from. So, South old Africa, and I uh, and I I don't know if that is. I Greek? don't know. They'll perhaps. Probably- They'll have to present evidence that, well, you know, other things in local cultures, the slang wise mean different things. They're going to
7: have right, to present but, evidence. But if you obviously. look up the derivation of just the term "pedo," of not course. even in a, in a bad, not even in a file way, just in, in where from the Greek. It's, I, I've got the. Uh, I can't read Greek, but, but it.
10: But uh, Musk is also pushing for jury instructions to be clear that jurors can determine whether or not he was saying something as a statement of fact. Right. Or as a insult, and um, whether that then uh, is defamation. So, you know, you, what they, about the emails? Do you think those will definitely make their way into evidence? Because that's pretty damning. Oh, so far in terms the judge is letting the the judge is letting them in. What's interesting is Unsworth was originally suing for defamation with the emails and the tweets. For some reason, it's just focusing on the tweets now, but wanting to use de- the oh. emails where he where, where Musk refers to him as a, a child rapist. As state of mind, so that's really it. Was Musk joking, or was he being serious in his accusation? Well, he also hired a detective to investigate the guy. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that
6: kind of shows yeah. this was more than just a casual insult. Is there,
1: is there an impact yeah, well, on the? Yeah. Is there an impact on Tesla, the business here, Jane? Uh,
10: so Having far, I don't. I mean, out- if he look. So, so he has to pay 75 grand, so maybe the jury has punitive damages. It's, it's, it's all out of his pocket or his, whatever. I don't see it being large enough to have an impact. And by goodness, if, you know, with Elon Musk is the master of diverting attention to yeah. other things like my shiny new truck. Why didn't he just settle? I don't get it. Why, why would media should go nowhere? Is, this is so fascinating, Becky, that federal taxpayers are, are footing the bill to use a courtroom for this today over two guys who couldn't come to some sort of agreement through mediation. Look, often a settlement comes about after you pick a jury. You take a look at the jury, and one side or the other decides, oh, you know what, let's go ahead and settle. By the way, Unsworth is also suing in court in U.K., so there's two lawsuits going on at the same time. Jane, thank you. Great
6: to see you. Keep us up to speed today. Uh, for more on Musk's legal challenges, let's welcome Jeff Sonnenfeld. He's the Yale School of Management Senior Associate Dean for Leadership Studies. He's president of Yale's Chief Executive Leadership Institute, also a CNBC contributor. And, Jeff, what do you think?
4: Well, Becky, I, I think after that fabulous discussion that the four of you just had, you might wonder, what more is there to add? And there are some nuances. Jane wondered why they were dropping the emails. Well, they're dropping the emails to narrow the defamation suit just on the tweets, as I understand it, because the emails were labeled uh, off the record, confidential, so that his intention on the emails weren't so clear to have a mass publicity the way he clearly wanted to publish these tweets, because he did so. And that's that nuance. Tom asked a really good uh, question. What's the impact on the company? Uh, And uh, hi, Tom, by the way. And I think that that uh, that is compelling. It's a distraction, as you, you point out, a master distraction. But it also just shows another one of these boards that has a fear of founder issues whether or not we're looking at Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg or of course uh, looking at the problems with Adam Newman and and WeWorks or Jack Dorsey is going off on some uh, strange uh, adventure to Africa that makes a lot of sense for somebody else in the company to do but to disappear for six months to leave to leave both Twitter and Square as the CEO of two companies. We have boards that seem unable to direct genius founders and in this case until this Past several months, where Musk seems to have cleaned up his act, we had a, a fairly reckless person out of control, and that's the that's the significance. Tom is as how does a board uh, uh, kind of rein in these Twitter Twitter tantrums?
1: Jeff, great great to see you again. I, I, I had a question about that exact kind of meltdown that uh, Elon had around about a year, a year and a half ago. There was the whole funding secured 420. Uh, there was a board that was a bit lame, quite frankly. Ha, has the company made improvements in its governance in in the past year, year and a half, from your perspective?
4: Yeah, it seems uh, that he was making mockery of the initial SEC settlement, which, amazing, this was happening at the same time, is that, that 420 uh, stock dangling, which seemed not to be based on any facts in terms of the, the private placement. As that melted down, it was the same time that Musk was, was coming out with these uh, nonsensical attacks on pedo-man, and you're, you're wondering, Joe, you're wondering what else could be a derivation, a derivation of, of PETA. One of the producers here, Jessica, suggested uh, that maybe he was talking about pedestrian and foot. maybe somebody who just walks yeah, around a lot. You're in a but. whole
7: different area of perversion with the foot. So I don't, you know, we don't <laughs> yes. need to, right? I mean, they don't need to, that's, that doesn't help. That doesn't help. I don't uh, even
6: understand that. What are you talking about?
7: <laughs> hey, Jeff, you, Jeff, yeah, you know I, what I was also thinking of, Jeff? Do you remember the good old days? You remember, you remember the Nixon tapes that we had? Epithet deleted. Why do we know everything that
4: everyone's thinking? Why do they put it on Twitter? I mean, we used to have some decorum. Yeah. Didn't we? The social yeah, media? This is this is one guy who really should have hired Rosemary Woods to delete something. Yeah, things to delete for him. some things. He, he was having yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, a meltdown. Twitter is it,
7: Twitter is so it's like nitroglycerin. You know what I mean? You gotta when you see it, you just it's, don't it's put it, on It's crazy. It's
4: self-imposed. He was having a tantrum. He could have gotten himself out of this, and it's a, it's a completely unforced errors. And instead of coming up with a settlement, and as we know, is, uh, the best settlements usually are in the courthouse steps, so maybe something will, be ha- will happen before midday today. Uh, but surely this, this didn't have to happen. It's, it's foolish. It's a tantrum. Uh, and, you know, we had a heroic story. It was, it was 18 days to rescue these poor kids, these 12-stranded these uh, soccer players and and their coach. Uh, and that's what should have been celebrated, instead distracting the attention onto this. And, uh, and here we have this successful launch, or at least the dangling of the prospective launch of the Cybertruck with a quarter of a million uh, folks uh, putting $100 down, fully refundable, uh, to buy. And uh, we've seen that the, uh, uh, some, some successes out there with, uh, that have su- surprised people with a profitable last quarter. Why distract with this kind of nonsense that he gets into? Jeff, yeah. it's
3: great to see you.
4: Thanks, Jeff. Thanks.
3: Coming up, you know about student debt, but college debt?
2: One in five, 20% of small private colleges are in what they call fundamental financial stress.
0: A brewing crisis in higher education, straight ahead on Squawk Pod. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Shannon, or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley.
7: Sorry, push on Joe. Up on him, cube Students aren't the only ones crushed by debt. Uh, private colleges are under stress, and some are going out of business. Our Scott Cohn joins us now uh, from one Ohio school that uh, is determined to buck the trend.
2: Hey, Scott. Yeah, they're not going to go out of business here, Joe. This is Hiram College. It's a small liberal arts school about 40 miles outside of Cleveland. Their answer to all of this is to literally change the definition of liberal arts, which seems kind of drastic, but here's what they're up against. These colleges are closing left and right. According to Moody's, uh, they're expecting 15 colleges, when all is said and done this year, to close. That is the most in years, uh, and three times the rate of just... uh, just five years ago, or 10 years ago, I should say. Uh, In fact, Moody says one in five, 20% of small private colleges are in what they call fundamental financial stress. So here at Hiram, they say they saw this coming a while ago when they were trying to refinance their debt. So they're doing what they call the new liberal arts. They've done away with some of the less popular, less career-oriented majors like religious studies. And instead, they're moving to things like uh, things like career-oriented, things like uh, criminal justice, requiring students to do internships before they graduate. This has not been without some pain. They have cut about 20% of the faculty over the last several years, uh, a lot of it through attrition, as they continue to try and retool. But they feel like this is a model for the future, and the rest of higher ed, guys, will be watching.
6: All right, Scott, thank you very much. For more on the sustainability of high college tuition, let's bring in our guests. Joining us right now is Neil McCluskey, Cato Institute's Center for Educational Freedom Director, and Andre Perry, Brookings Institution's Metropolitan Policy Program Fellow. Uh, Gentlemen, I think we can all agree that college tuition is soaring, whether you're looking at private colleges or even public in, in, in some cases. What would you do to try and bring down cost? Andre, what do you think?
9: Yeah, the, the the first thing we really need to do is do a reset. Um, I was a college administrator for years, um, and I've never seen a college uh, tuition hike a president didn't like. When, there, when something went wrong in a, the College of uh, Natural Sciences, they um, lifted tuition um, for, the, for the entire student body. At some point, we need to control costs and set caps or limits on how much. Um, you can raise tuition, and that's why I'm supportive of states that are trying to bring more transparency um, to the the college financial uh, crisis.
1: Andre, how, how do you think government uh, uh, subsidies for loans has has impact, impacted tuition increases, making it yes. very easy for students to borrow money even if they're not otherwise uh, able to afford it?
9: Well, you 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 called it. Um, the, because of there's so much cash in terms of the federal government um, allowing folks to take out loans, uh, the colleges acquiesce and rise their tuition prices. And, and, and that's, and that's a, a core part of the problem. Certainly there are other issues. Um, there's wage stagnation and, and other issues, particularly with low income black and brown communities, that um, where they're not able to afford rising prices. But as long as colleges can raise their tuition, they will, and that's a problem.
6: Neil, how would you address it?
5: No, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, the evidence is pretty clear that. Colleges are always looking for money because they always see something they think is important to do. Mm -hmm. And as long as the federal government supplies lots of loans and also grants, but the loans are the biggest problems, and tax credits and lots of other uh, aid to students, the schools will always look to those students as a source of funding. The other thing is colleges are are Mm -hmm. also sort of caught because students with a lot of money available to them often tend to demand from a school some expensive things. That's why we see water parks in some colleges. Um, And a college often feels they need to supply those things or they don't get the students. And those small liberal arts colleges have the toughest time doing that. Do
1: do, do colleges have to go through a crisis in order to fix this problem? I spoke to a president of a Catholic college who told me he expects half of Catholic colleges to close uh, over the next decade. Neil?
5: Yeah, well, I mean, a crisis always tends to focus people, and uh, higher education, I think, is no different. If they can continue on doing what they've always done, they're going to tend to do that, and they need some sort of shock to change what they're doing.
6: Neil, Andre, I want to thank you both for your time today. It's good to see you.
5: Thanks. You really
7: said a water park?
6: Yeah, well, and high-end gyms, like all kinds of stuff. You know stuff. what, you need a
7: monorail.
3: fancy. fancy. <laughs> That's the show for today. On our rundown tomorrow, billionaire investor, philanthropist, Home Depot co-founder, and frequent debater on Squawk Box, Ken Langone. Plus, more sharing?
7: I don't know why I'm getting a little teary, but we're really opening up here. Next time, we're going to couch out here
6: for you.
3: Stay tuned. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. To get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, Subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We'll meet you back here tomorrow.
2: We are clear. Thanks, guys.
0: People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation.